Thank you so much for listening to Spitting Silver and Black on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. I am your host, Anaya Amphaya, a.k.a. Anaya Amphaya, and I'm here with Kaylin. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Kaylin a.k.a. Mini underscore Kyle, too. Hey. And, you know, it's funny because, like, I said my, like, nickname twice, but my real mm-hmm. name is Anaya Collins, <laughs> if you guys didn't know. But I'm blazing up the city of Las Vegas that's why it's pretty hot today because, you know, oh yeah, yeah. that's what you know if you notice a little bit of the weather change because it has <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it was snowing like a week ago. Yeah, it's snowing, raining, snowing, and everybody is sick. I hate that. I hate this season. Me too. If you can hear my nose, oh, man, wait till allergy season. If, if you can uh, hear me right now, it's, like, really, really bad. I yeah. mean, I feel like something's coming, but... <laughs> I, 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 I'm holding off for that. Yeah, hold I, I'm on. holding on for my dear life. Pre medicate. That's the biggest thing I've um, realized that you need to pre medicate. But anyway, how are you guys doing tonight? Thank you so much for listening to Spitting Silver on Black. Um, we are back for the fifth installment. Uh, this is five scores. And we're coming off of the last episode. Four wins. What was it? Four wins. With four Leo wins. Gray? Four wins with Leo Gray. Correct. With Leo Gray. That was awesome. That was that was a great segment. And I I just want to thank Leo Gray for yes. spending his valuable time with us at on the UNLV campus with this podcast. Thank you, Leo. Thank you so much, Leo, and thank you for everything that you do again with the Raiders Foundation, um, with the speed training. Go ahead and look at his speed training oh, yeah. training services. Yeah. Um, he was really, in, I enjoyed his company. Uh, he same talked here. A, he talked a lot. He gave us a lot of motivation. Oh, yeah, and he had, he had a lot of insight, too. Yeah, and it was good to have the intersection with him um, playing track, running track, excuse me, for um, UNLV and playing football as well as playing for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, it gave it a total different aspect because you see them as football players, but him, he actually did more than just play football here, mm-hmm. which is really nice to see how both those uh, – sort of combined, and then with the Raiders moving here, it also combines to give a nice little twist, nice little mm-hmm. finality to everything. Everything comes full circle yes, with him. It and it was circle. really good to have him on our fourth installment. we love to have you back. And any um, Raider ambassador or anyone in um, the Raiders Association, if you're listening, please come down to Spitting Silver and Black on the campus of UNLV. We'd love to talk to you and share your story to some um, people here in Las Vegas and other people listening on SB Nation. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But we got to get to some... The meat, because the combine just ended. Yes, it did. How did you like it? It was an... Every bar, every sports book around town in Vegas, I was watching it in and out of work this last weekend. I thought it was really good. I mean, it, players weren't as fast as they were in previous years because I always like to see them competing for a 40 time. But the 40 time and everything, you have to look at them for their separate positions. Offense alignment, it's not going to matter him running the 40. You don't care if he's going to run a 40 and 6 in 5 flat. You care about more like the weight he puts on and everything because he's not going on four yards down the field like a wide out. Right. And the mental IQ and capacity and playmaking, they're not really, I mean, 
I'm pretty sure that that one event is on every um, every athlete's mind when they come in and they enter the draft combine. So and and again, most of these players are kids, so they're thinking about yeah, I want to get the fastest dash, but like you said, the inside of a coach, they're not necessarily necessarily looking for them to just shoot out the gate with the 40, making the six. It's okay to uh, land in like the seven, eight range. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you also don't want to be too slow. Right. But they're not going to look at your speed as much as they're going to look at. They want to make sure you can block. They want to make sure you can, and you are able to guard the on the offensive line. Like a linebacker, 40-yard dash might matter, but it, the cone drill is going to matter even more. Right, right. I enjoyed the cone drill because you really get to see them like it. You can see who's pivoting, who's cutting, and who's checking like the hardest. You can really see the technique of each in and each individual style of run, and um, see what that if that best fits your team. If that's what you're missing, um, like the the sharpness, uh, the intensity. He just just some of some of the boys were like lightning fast, just like break out. Kind of uh, the contest was I, the contest was my favorite. Yeah, the contest is really good. I mean, I always like to see the forty yard dash, and I always like to see like Rich Eisen, you know, run that forty for mm-hmm. St. Jude, raise money for cancer. I always like to see that, but I, I mean, I didn't watch the. I saw the highlights of the comments since I had school during like the entire time and work. Yeah. I don't just work here; I work elsewhere as well, but. The, what I did see is that a lot of people performed and exceeded expectations, but there were not as many people who stood out, per se, like a John Ross in 2017 or Chris Johnson by the Tennessee t- a selection by the Tennessee Titans a few years before that. There were there weren't as many people who necessarily said records and everything, but there were. Still, people stood out like a Paris Campbell, who's now slotted to the Raiders. And in the cone drill, like the three cone drill, uh, he had uh, in the three cone drill as a wideout, he was really good because um, I mean, he wasn't as good as he should be, but he did. Um, help him help his stock especially in the 40 yard dash because being a cornerback I mean being a wide out like he is he really helped bump up his stock he ran like a 4-3-2 40 yard dash and for a wide out that really matters to see him run that yeah yeah I agree I agree because you saw earlier last year last few years Paris Camp, John Ross from Washington, University of Washington, he matched him up on the stock to the first round because of a 40-yard dash, and that matters to the play- mm-hmm. teams being a wideout. This year, the standout was Paris Campbell, and he re- really put in a lot of effort, and it really helped contribute to him standing out and him being protected as a possible first-round pick. And he's also protected by some media outlets as the next Oakland Raiders selection, or soon to be Las Vegas Raiders selection. But mm-hmm. he really helped bump up his stock 
this week. And But, you know, it's all rumors right now because you see him. The Browns have interest in him. The Packers have interest in him. Washington has interest in him. Right. But you don't really know. Who stood out to you? Josh Allen, the, the Kentucky senior, who um, he stood out the most. And I feel like if the Raiders could acquire him, he could generally help us with our pass rush and edge rush. Oh, definitely. Um, according to Matt Miller, he actually has the Raiders selecting mm-hmm. Mr. Allen, Josh Allen, in the first round. And at the combine, he ran uh, four, five, nine, forty. Four, five, oh was his low. But he is a 6'4", 258-pound behemoth at linebacker. And he's... I I have a little my little scouting on him says that he's fast off the line, relentless in his pursuit. He's the record sack leader at Kentucky sh- and shows up with 17 sacks. Mm-hmm. It was fourth in the nation this past year. Right. And the Raiders have never really had a real linebacker in recent years, and this is going to help him. He reminds me of Judavian Clowney with how fast he gets off the line, gets to the running back for his tackles for lost 21 and a half after only having 10 and a half in 2017. He, like, doubled his output. Mm-hmm. And it helped and showed how much of an impact he had on the team. Of course, the running back helped over in Kentucky, but you have to give props to him because he elevated his game this last year. He's an athletic, horizontal runner. QBs are scared of him like Vanderbilt's quarterback. Um, QBs fumble because they're scared of him. Like Even before he gets to the quarterback, the quarterback is scared of him. He drops the ball and just runs away from the man. And he can play in bad weather like he did at Mississippi State. He had five forced fumbles. And... Even though Nick Bosa is a undisputed number one whole linebacker in the draft and everything, Josh Allen really is a beast. And it shows up in his tape quite a lot against Vanderbilt. I didn't really see a lot of his tape against strong competition, but I wouldn't doubt that he could do the same in the NFL because what he did this past year, he's only going to improve. Mm-hmm. And going back to the point that you had, uh, with the times not being necessarily an eye catcher for uh, the coaches, talk about uh, running back from Georgia, Elijah Holyfield. Um, he ran uh, a four seven six, and he had the slowest time against them, all of the running backs in the combine. However, last year, last fall he rushed for one thousand eighteen yards, and he had a six point four yards per carry. So that can do something um, for for running the ball this season. But according to people close to the situation, according to the draft, Mm -hmm. they said that he didn't help his stock this year. With his combine performance, he didn't help his stock as much as they thought he would. And if you look at his tape, he had 14 carries, 60 yards, 4.3 average against Alabama. I mean, he has these good games, but his better games come against weak competition. Middle-of-the-road competition is Texas, where he averaged five yards carry. I mean, he's good, but he's not the Georgia running backs of the past. He's not a Nick Chubb. Right. He's not a Sony Michelle. Oh, no. He's not a Todd Gurley. He's not one of these former Mark Reich, Georgia 
running backs who are ground and pound. He's not Isaiah Crowell who used to be with Jordan. He's not one of these running backs who's going to jump off the page. I mean, he's he's sort of like Isaiah Crowell because I don't think he'll necessarily be a star of the team, but he'll be a good like role player. And if given the right situation, like Sony Michelle in New England, I think he can thrive. But what about um, the quarterback from Ohio State, uh, Dwayne Haskins? Wasn't he like the runner? He was a runner up behind uh, Kyler Murray for the Heisman, I think this last year. But he ran a five point four. It doesn't matter for a quarterback as much. I mean, of course you're going to look at that, but look at Eli Manning for example. Oh, yeah. He's not <laughs> the fastest quarterback. You look at a heck. You look like at Tom sloth. Brady, a six-time quarterback, six-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's slow as all get out, and he is not. You know, <laughs> yeah, to be frank, you, to be frank, you don't need to be fast to be a quarterback. You just need to be fast enough. And mm-hmm. if you can throw the ball like Haskins is, did this past year, Ohio State, mm-hmm. you're going to see. <clears throat> He's, he can't help him. He's the arguably offense. one of like the best passers. Yeah, and he'll probably go to the Giants because um, even though the Raiders are rumored to be in the quarterback and uh, John Gruden's interested in Kyler Murray, I ain't buying that shit. Well, speaking of what the Raiders have interest in, the Raiders have first priority with the new prospect for free agent. Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah, Antonio receiver Brown. Receiver for the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Uh, to give you all a little insight into it, Titans, Redskins, the Raiders, among some other teams, they're all involved in pursuit of him. Mm-hmm. They're all going to at least test the market for him. I bet New England's even interested him like they were interested in Odell Beckham. That's the reason they took him off the trade market last year. But if you, I mean... He's going to be good no matter where he goes. And the Raiders are the only team who has stuck through thick and thin in this race to get him. And because he's been they've been like every single rumor for him. And if you see that with them in the draft, imagine what it, what their chances are to get him because they have to be high if they're in most of the rumors. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just think that when this whole thing happened with him, um, <laughs> as soon as he made that post on Twitter and he was like, it's been great. I hate when they do that, that it's been a pleasure, it's been great, my time with. When they start making those posts, and I loved um, Antonio Brown as a Steeler because it was just classic, and he had such energy for that team. He did a lot for that team. Um, yeah, he does so, a lot for the cities yeah. that he plays in, and he also yeah. does a lot in a family and everything. He, he's his own person. All around. Uh, the former six-round pick in 2010, too, if you can believe that. Yeah, and um, see, that that's why it's it's just so true to believe. It don't even matter where you place. It just matter where, what you do. So with, with Yeah, him, but the problem, you do have to realize this problem with him is that um, playing, staying healthy year after year isn't always the greatest thing for him. He's going to get injured every now and then. Of course, yeah. like every, any player is going to get injured. But if you're going to trade for someone, you want someone reliable. I mean, this past year, he, how many games did he play in? I mean, you know, he played in, um, he played in most of the games, but, you know, he, 
he's not been as healthy as you would want your top player to be. And that was the top player this past year because Le'Veon Bell sat out, who also had injury concerns of his own. Yeah. And but I feel as with <clears throat> I feel as with Antonio Brown when I first like realized like he was gonna be a free agent, the first thing I thought about was the Raiders. Like that can be a move. Oh yeah, I I, I just that can be a move. Oh yeah, and I I pulled up his stats right now. Can you believe it? He his best game was his last game. Caught fourteen and nineteen passes, a hundred eighty five yards with two touchdowns Damn. against the Saints. Okay. I mean, the Saints aren't known to be the greatest defense, but he has best game. I mean, he he'll ride out last on game. top of things. And if you think of him being on the Raiders, he'll improve. Derek Hart, who's who's hard. Doesn't really throw it down the field that much, but you'll have to. You'll be forced to with that. They can definitely develop. I can see that turning into a beautiful relationship. Oh yeah. It 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 would be a sweet relationship. I mean, he had how many games? How many games did he have over five hundred? I mean, oh not no not over five hundred. How many games did he have over a hundred yards receiving? He had um, <laughs> five games over a hundred yards receiving. He had. Only one game below 50 He with 49 yards. Every game but three, he scored a touchdown. The Steelers didn't get to the playoffs this past year because of their first game. They retired the Browns. They counted on the Browns to win in the final week for them to make it in the playoffs. But if you have a player like Antonio Brown on your team, you can really elevate the level of play. And But let's talk about, uh, besides ha- needing a wideout, uh, doesn't don't the Raiders also need a running back? They do. Who would you pick? Okay, so I was gonna ask you <laughs> if this is cracking. Do you think that it's cracking to start? Doug Martin, thirty years old, has a one year deal with the Raiders. He had a four point two uh, yards per carry last season over Marshawn Lynch. Um, you, you, first one was Doug Martin. Doug Martin. Doug Martin I, I, heck, I would pick, and Marshawn's interested in coming back. There's one more hurdle that the uh, Raiders, I mean, there's one more hurdle that the Raiders need to come to have the state in there. But I'm hearing from multiple reports that are out on Twitter that Marshawn Lynch would actually be interested in coming. I know you're going to, and you're going to like this. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is actually interested in coming back to play for the Raiders on a possible one-year contract if the Raiders solidify their rent with the city of Oakland. what do you, Which would be great because he was on my fantasy team. Oh, boy. I drafted him late because no one was <clears throat> drafting him. I needed running back. He helped my team almost win the championship. Yes, okay, I'm talking to this. you. Okay, think about this. How this can possibly <clears throat> work out. So, so, so this is what my this is what I want. I want to see Marshawn at the Las Vegas Stadium here in Las Vegas as a Raider. However, that stadium is nowhere near close to being built, and it is 2019. And we all know that the Raiders were either going to play um, in Oakland Oracle Park, and that was they just cut that out, and they, they have to play somewhere. So that's just assuming that the stadium will be built and usable 
by January mm-hmm. 2020, mm-hmm. with that one-year deal, we will get to see the last leg of Marshawn Lynch no. in Las Vegas. No, because one-year deal, that it would only last for this season. It, oh. He would not. It, the one year deal is only for the twenty nineteen uh, season. Twenty twenty, it would end. But I mean, he probably he would, he's still going to be a Raiders fan no matter what. You think it would end at twenty twenty? But listen, like if he started, but if he starts, if twenty 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 nineteen now, and if he starts football in what no October. To yeah, it's only like it, a one year deal, one season deal. It's the same diff because right. it the league year ends like beginning of like March every year or end of March every yeah. year and that's that's when the league year ends and that's when one year deals end and, and that's where deals end and that's when free agency darts <laughs> yeah but like but I'm saying like he could possibly he may be able to play in the stadium like if that no. makes no no unless he comes back for another year but his, his, I believe the only reason he would come back is to play in the Oakland okay. Alameda Coliseum and play in Oakland. He wouldn't want to play in front of anyone else because Las Vegas, that's the reason he got out of Seattle, a great position for him. He was, winning, he was going to Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl, yet he retired. I mean, he only went came back to play with the Raiders. Yeah, I know. That's just maybe just like a just a dream of mine. In that's my a fantasy. Head. It's a fantasy. <laughs> You look at fantasy land. Yeah, I would love to see that though. But I mean, Las, I just for me, from for I've lived in Las Vegas my whole life. However, like somebody not from Las Vegas, I'd be like, yeah, I really want to play in those Las Vegas lights on the strip. I yeah, was, like Marshawn Lynch, he's not that type of dude. Yeah, he isn't. He isn't. He he's isn't. more of a low light type type of guy. He's not going uh, go run to the LAs of the world. He went back home to play for his hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what was his thing as press conference well, one time? He's I'm like, just, here, I'm, I'm just here, here so I don't get, get fined. And, and I know that. You know, I know he's Beast not, Mode. I definitely know Beast Mode. He is real. However, I just I just really like to see him here. But he's doing good things in Las Vegas already with his almost – he has two stores here, two Beast Mode stores I think, now. I think he has like two or something. He had, he has at least one. He has one, but I think he's working that, on two. That's good. That's I, pretty I good. Think, I think he might be. He yeah. has a good, good, really good following out here in Las Vegas too. I yeah, I mean, he ha- he has good following everywhere. But the thing is, he's only here, so he doesn't get fined. But I was just seeing that. I don't know if the Raiders... Do you think that they will return to the Alameda County Coliseum? Yes. Even with the I'm expiration buying. date? I'm buying. Even with the expiration I'm date? I'm buying high on that. Hmm. But... I know ne- it won't be Next year, the... Because... Look at when the stadium is supposed to be done. It's supposed to be done, like, September 1st, August 1st, like the week before preseason begins. The project has, I believe, been delayed a couple... I believe the project has been delayed a couple times already. And if it's delayed anymore, it will cut into their 2020 season. And the reported deal that Oakland wants with the the Raiders is 2020, uh, to include 2020 as well, because if the stadium isn't done, the Raiders want to be able to have a home for next season and that and right now the Raiders are frankly delaying the process to have the schedule out talk about the schedule did you hear about the Raiders wanting to play like the Rams in Saskatchewan oh that'll be really cool that'll be awesome yeah I having in a famed 
Canadian Football mm-hmm. League town. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be nice to bring the NFL there because mm-hmm. we share our players with them. Why don't we share a team with them? Bring them there. They right. want to play a preseason game there. Perfect. In, mm-hmm. More international fans. They already have a following in Mexico. They already have a following everywhere else. And they need, you know, going to have a following in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. They're building the fan base almost more than any other team. They played mm-hmm. overseas longer than, like, the Jaguars. Come you on. Have to, you have to understand, the Raiders have, like, with a 50-, 60-year dynasty of and a legacy built behind them. They have fans everywhere. And I love culture. So I think that them um, playing um, in our neighbor's backyard in Canada, I would love to see that. Yeah, and have they northern have, and southern friends. Right, and they we they already have a, a substantial football program. Yeah, knock down those barriers, you know, yeah. with the two teams. Unity. Yeah, I mean. See the unity I mean, through sports. I, I, yes, yes. You know, unify the people at least in the different countries through one common thing. And the one common denominator here would be sports. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders at that. What other what, what other team? And the Raiders have 22 unrestricted free agents. Four are restricted. So, Who are they? Oh, did I click? Oh, wow. Josh Allen ran an official 4.63 40-yard dash, not a 4.5. But you know what? That's still, pre- that's still pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. I got my stat for, on that okay. at this low-key website, draftscout.com. Stupid sky website. So, according to Raiders.com, some of our um, free agents are. We have a cornerback, Benny Wicker. They're not going to resign him if you can't even pronounce the name. Yeah, I don't. I can't even. Ben Weicker. Weicker. He he gone. <laughs> Where is he over? Who who else is a wasted player? I I, I don't mean to sound Bryant. bad to these players, but Martavis Bryant isn't wasted. I mean, he might be wasted. He's not wasted, but he I'm might be. Like he's... He, he's like a wasted pick. He's not going to be resigned because they don't want any more necessarily divas on the team. Um, but they got Martavis Bryant, um, Jared Cook. Oh, Jared Cook. I hear he's going to command like $9 million a year, according to Bleacher Report. No, top of the market tight end deal this offseason. And I don't know if the Raiders want to spend that money or are prepared to spend that money yet. Even though I really like his leadership from this past year, and I really like how he brought a great veteran presence to the team, he was arguably one of the better receivers and tight ends on a roster last year, and he was one of the best players on the team last year. But I don't know if you would resign for nine million when there's a Noah Fant standing out there, who had, if according to one person on Twitter, he had, he's like in the mix for who the Patriots want. He always want a Patriots player because I mean you trust your own uh, scouts. To a certain extent, but then you see your players, and because according to Doug Kaiyed from NESN.com, he um, said that based purely on combine testing numbers, here are Patriots' top athletic fits per position. And fourth one down is tight end Noah Fan from Iowa. Looking at that. 
<laughs> you can't go wrong. I mean, he's going to be cheaper than Jared Cook, and he's younger. And who wouldn't want a Patriots player who the Patriots are probably Hello. interested in, especially this year, and because the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, might be, who knows, he might be retiring soon. I hope not. I think Gronk got a lot of years left. I, I, lo- I like Gronk, but, you know, he he's looked very slow as of late. Yeah. I mean, uh, heck, Jason Wynn's coming back. So uh, who who knows? Rob Kowski can come back for another year and just, you know, be slow. But, you know, he'll fit in with the new league because Jason Wynn's coming back to the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I didn't even know that. that that's just news to my ears right now. He's coming back? He's coming back, yeah. He unretired from, yes, wow. everyone is going to celebrate now because, woo, <laughs> Jason Wynn is out of Monday Night Football because everyone hated him on Monday Night Football. But, yeah, you I know, really remember like him? He was, like, there. the greatest player on the Cowboys roster. Mm-hmm. I had, I went to a camp of his. I got a shirt autographed by him when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I never played football personally, but – he, he was sort of busy because his brother was a coach at Tennessee when I lived there, mm-hmm. and he was there for he had his own camp there. I, I like I like him, mm-hmm. but I think he doesn't fit what they're trying to do now. But it's good that he's coming back because he's trying to win a Super Bowl with the team. Do you think that um, Kyler Murray uh, is a good uh, number one pick for the Cardinals? Uh, are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, I found this out again online on Twitter that uh, he his quarterbacks over at Texas Tech had um, 104 total combined rushing yards. And you say, you ask yourself, hmm, Cliff Kingsbury, dual threat quarterback. He had Johnny Manziel at, in Texas A&M. Uh, if you're out there, Johnny... Please, please try to please get yourself right. right because please. I don't know what's going on, but I would really want you to heal yourself. But yeah. um, on the other hand, uh, he, but he had Patrick Holmes, he had Baker Mayfield. I mean, you think of these play all stars in the NFL, and he, they hardly ran under him. And Kyler Murray is a dual threat quarterback. I don't know if he fits his system, but the report multiple reports are coming out that. Clingsbury is infatuated with him. He said he'd take over the number one pick if he had it mm-hmm. before when he was at Texas Tech. Now he's an NFL head coach with a number one pick, you know, so he could select him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think Kyler Murray is going to be a stud in the NFL. He's He grayed out actually above what we all thought. I thought he was going to be like 5'8", but he was like 5'10", three quarters at the combine. That's like taller than Russ Wilson, tall, as tall as a couple other quarterbacks who have actually panned out in the NFL. And you you t- look at him. You, what's wrong with him? His size, his I frame. Him in but he's he won a Heisman. He won the freaking Heisman <laughs> in year one. Mm-hmm. What what can't this dude do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was only a junior, right? He's a junior. I think I think he was. Yeah, yeah. A junior I think year. he was. Yeah, he was a junior, and he gave up all that money in baseball to play for his passion in football. And that's what I like someone doing. I like story. to see them doing going after the passion, not going after the money. You can probably make more money in, fo- in baseball and not have as many injuries. But he went after his passion. And that's that's what I would love to see. 
Okay, so what's some more news around the NFL? Um, well, the Broncos have agreed to terms with quarterback Case Keenum, and they agreed to send him to the Redskins soon with the uncertainty with yes, the Alex Smith. Yes, the deal involves uh, Case Keenum plus like a sixth round pick to uh, the Redskins for a sixth round pick. It's like a garbage trade, somewhat like <laughs> put together because. Um, the Joe Flacco was traded to the Broncos and deal that's supposed to be completed soon. And mm-hmm. him going there made deal. Keenum expendable. And the Redskins are going to pay half of Keenum's twenty million, ten million, and he's going to compete for the starting quarterback position over at um. You know he's going to compete for a starting quarterback position against. Uh, a former Texas Longhorn and Colt McCoy, who sadly injured le- his leg last year. But with the trade, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens. And actually, it was Case Keenum and a seventh-round pick for a sixth-round pick and a trade with the Broncos and Washington. It's going to be very interesting to see how Washington and their whole uh, what changes with them, and if Keenum will become the starter there with Alex Smith out for the year with his devastating leg injury. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens because Keenum is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but right. I think he's more of a bridge quarterback in my mind. He's a great quarterback, but he needs the right system to succeed, and I think in Washington, this, it's like the Broncos. It's a decent team. You have decent players around you, but it's not one that's going to stand above the rest in that respect. And But I think it helps out Oakland because if you look at Keenum, it's not going to be the Broncos anymore. I think Keenum's a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. Well, yeah, and do you and th- with, and it weak, it's weakening Denver, so Oakland might have another win on their record last year because with their record this past year, the Oakland Raiders were, had a record of I think I think they won one game last year, but they had a record of four. It was four wins, right? Yeah, they won. Wins. They won four games, but I'm saying they beat. Um, yeah, they beat the Broncos actually in Week 16. That was a, that was their best game was against the Broncos. Yeah, and um, you can beat the. I think you have one more win on your schedule because Joe Flacco is going to the Broncos and Keenum is officially gone. And I think it's going to help out the Raiders actually compete next year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and we'll see how they play, yeah. here, and, where they play, and how they oh play. Oh, yeah. And are you, bu- are, you buying, are you buying low or selling high on um, the Raiders' interest in John Gruen's infatuation with Kyler Murray? Oh, no. I'm going to sell... I'm going to sell. Um, I think that's just more of a fantasy. I think the that the Cardinals got him. And do you really want to get... Wait. Derek. 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 Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. Derek, I'll was, I was say Derek Cook for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, do you think that the Raiders really want to make Derek Carr feel any like any uncertainty with his spot as quarterback? No, I, I, I don't. And I really believe John Gruen when he says, I love Derek Carr. Yeah. And I really believe him when he says that because Derek Carr seem they seem to have a good relationship and Gruden's always hard on his quarterbacks and they said that last year that uh, it would be uncertain with Derek Carr but this next year I think Derek Carr is going to have a great year in John Gruden's offense and there will be no more no more rumors of him and uh Kyler Murray I think it'll yeah. be Derek Carr as a starter. Yeah, Once that's what I'm saying. All. Like, why even, why even go ahead and give it any kind of thought or competition with Kyler Murray? Because I want to see, I want to see a Kyler Murray like really get off this season. I don't want him to be standing behind Derek Carr. Exactly. I don't either. Because Derek Carr is your unquestioned starter, and you better ride with him because he knows the offense, and his second year is only going to be better. And this next year, I really believe that Kyler Murray. I mean, I really believe that Derek Carr is going to do wonders. And imagine if he had Antonio Brown with him. Then mm. possibly... That's what I'm saying. Then possibly, like, a Le'Veon Bell or... Uh, if Martavius... Mar- no, not Martavius. Uh, Antonio Brown or um, you know, or you have Le'Veon Bell. Or if you possibly have... Uh, I know they put uh, Jalen Lichard, but if you bring back a player like Marshawn Lynch or you get another running back in the draft, like a Bryce Love out of Stanford who tore his ACL. And, but if you get a player like that, I think you can really compete. I think the, the um, you know, Ra- Raiders are going to be a team to watch out for next year. Because yeah. going back to what we were talking about with Antonio Brown, I saw a report out earlier this week that, or earlier today actually, there was someone talking about yeah, on Twitter saying, imagine if... The Raiders got Antonio Brown and only had trade away like one of their wideouts or one of their players and and then only had trade away a late first or an early second early second. I mean, that's less than his value that we all know of. He was originally a six round pick. But if you draft if you trade for him with that high thing, it's not as high as they once wanted, but the Raiders wouldn't have to give up much because they already have three first-round picks. Imagine Antonio Brown has a first-round pick mm-hmm. and the first-round pick because a, half of them don't even stick around in the after the first round. But And you know Antonio Brown would, so you wouldn't waste a pick then because it's, you know, they're, half the players you're going to select are not going to turn out in the NFL. And year after year you see this happening. There's a lot of undrafted players that even turn out better. Antonio Brown with a six round pick, he turned out not even a first round pick. Yeah, and so round, right? the sixth round, exactly. So these players in the first round are you know, I think are going to pan out for Raiders. Imagine Antonio Brown is one of those first round picks. You bring in a player like Josh Allen, an outside linebacker from Florida who, according to Michael Galkin of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Allen likes the idea of suiting up in the silver and black. This partnership, as he explained during his press conference, would be mutually beneficial. The Raiders would snag an impact player that believes he is the best player in the entire draft, and Allen would continue to grow into a dominant force while learning from Paul Gunther. 
and looking at this. And then, you know, you have an extra pick in the first round. You draft, uh, you know, you draft a defensive back and let's say Byron Murphy from Washington. You draft a wide receiver like Pierce, another wide receiver like Speedy Pierce Campbell from Ohio State. You draft a def- defensive end, Rashawn Gary, plays. He'll be gone early from Michigan. You draft a Noah Fant. You draft a T.J. Hawkinson. You draft, uh, you know, you draft a Byron Murphy. Two people have that in here. You draft. Quinn, you you draft these big name players, but you draft more for need, and you know these players are going to make impact immediately. And if you trade for Antonio Brown, let's say your twenty seventh overall pick, heck, who knows who the player you draft is going to work out of the twenty seventh pick? But you know Antonio Brown will work out. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like you know you don't want to give you want to want to be risky. Why not go with something that works? Like he has a resume that speaks for itself. And I feel like him, a, a newer Raiders team, him being a vet, he can definitely teach. Everybody can learn from him. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I can learn from him. Heck, I can learn from him. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think I think going after the surefire people, players are going to work. Who knows if anyone in the draft is going to work out, but you might as well go for the surefire people. And I think Josh Allen would be a very good pick. And I know I say 4-5 for his uh, combine. It was like a. It was more like a four six zero for Josh Allen's combine, and that four six three official for your dash, and according to NFL.com, and I think he could really bring the speed and passion you need to be a Raider in Paul Gunther's defense and on John Gruden's team. I think he can be the makeup of that team. You put in someone like Noah Fant and from Iowa, you bring in and you bring in Tony Brown. Imagine those as your three first draft picks. Uh, I don't mm. think you could do any better. Do you? No, I think that sounds solid. And and I think that's going to be really good for the team. And you definitely need an edge rusher. You definitely need linebackers. You definitely need wideouts. You need Allen like a whole. When you're edge. this bad, you need a whole new team. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you need a whole new team. The Raiders but they are putting ha- they, the pieces together. They have this the skeleton. They They're have putting, the skeleton. They have the court. They have the skeleton. They have the franchise but quarterback. putting the pieces together to really make those moves and get ready for the draft. I think they're. I think the Raiders' office, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, know what they're doing. They know what they. They won't just know what they're doing. They damn sure know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They've worked together in the past and TV. They know of each other and they've had. Reportedly, a long relationship for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I th- it'll be very fruitful for the Raiders for the upcoming season. I like and that upcoming fruitful, What a fruitful vocabulary you're showing. This oh morning. yeah, and I think I think it already turned to something very special, something like you haven't seen in the past. And some people have the Raiders actually trading their other picks in the draft, trading uh, the R.J. White from CBS Sports is Kyler Murray. Going to the Raiders, they're trading up to number one. Heck no. And they say they're going to trade the other first down pick. Heck no. And I I don't I don't see it happening. But what do you think of Quinnen Williams this past week? He's been the talk he's a defensive tackle from Alabama. He's been the talk of the draft. And over the past week, 
I keep seeing his name pop up as being one of the best players who helped his draft stock at the <clears> Combine. <throat> I mean, people look at the Senior Bowl and look at as the thing, as where they make up their mind initially. But according to our own SB Nation's Dan Cater, Quinnen Williams goes number four overall to him in his latest mock draft. And um, I, he said he had a really good combine. What do you think of him, Anaya? Are you talking about Quinn Williams? Quinn and Williams from Alabama. From Alabama. Oh yeah, I actually seen his. I actually seen his um, forty yard dash over and over on Twitter, and I think that the kid looks good. Um, the Raiders. Why do you need to pay attention to a forty yard dash for a defensive tackle? I mean, you do. But shouldn't you more or less pay attention to the uh, ten yard dash thing? I mean, he's a defense tackle. He's there to oh, did stop I say forty? I meant ten. My bad. My bad. That's the one that's been playing on Twitter. They've actually been playing it. I've been seeing it looped. But um, I've been hearing rumors that he could. Um, it could be potentially that he would be going in heading into the draft. I mean, he did head into the draft, and they had high aspirations for him from the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, he didn't run the ten yard drill or anything, but he did run. Uh, he, he ran he a fast did, he forty. Ran a good forty. It was and four eight. He, but and if you look at his, uh, the split, you'll get a one two ten yard split, which is pretty good for a defense tackle, given that he's three hundred three pounds. His sophomore season, he had seventy one tackles. So. Yeah. Eight sacks. That seems pretty good. Yeah, and playing a top school in Alabama, a top conference like the SEC, mm-hmm. you're going to want them playing against good competition. And he's playing against some of the best teams in the nation. I mean, that's what Nick Saban you, does. You played against Georgia for a couple of seasons, who so almost made it to the playoffs two seasons in a row. And you're playing against these the best players in the nation. And you want to see them perform against the best teams. And Quinn Williams, <coughs> he, as of late, he's been he's really been the talk of... Of the Raiders. The Raiders has been their favorite. I think that they made that known that Quinn Williams was their favorite before even heading into the draft. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he was definitely one of the top talks of the draft. I mean, against the best competition. Like, let's dive into his stats a little more, shall we? Shall we? Because... Um, you know, you look at these players, you analyze these players, and you want to have them perform against the best teams. And uh, because you don't want to question them, their talent, because they perform good against good teams. I know Joe said this a little earlier when I was talking to him, uh, earlier saying they perform good against good teams, but the question that they perform bad against bad teams, the same way you question they perform bad against good teams and good against bad teams, and vice versa. But against Georgia, he actually had his best game against uh, the best team. LSU, also one of the top teams in the nation, he had eight total tackles, two assists, one sack. Against LSU, another top team in the nation, ten tackles, seven solo, two and a half sacks. And... But and you also see, I mean, he had one tackle against Oklahoma. Um, I mean, he he didn't have any sacks in the postseason. But against Louisville, a little lesser of competition, six total tackles, 
three assists early in the season. And again, um, it's going to be a question because if you look at the bad teams he played against, he, he's he's not necessarily the player, you know, question his ability because he's playing good against good teams, but bad against bad, bad teams. teams. You always question yeah. that, but he definitely <laughs> helped his draft stock with his 40-yard dash, 10-yard split, and all of what he did over the... He just has to keep that level of that intensity that he has when he's playing exactly. great teams and not let up knowing that that team is... You think, cause it, in exactly. Football, everybody... I mean, he, he played good. He also played good against the Citadel. He won uh, the sack, six total tackles, one assist on a tackle, and, you know, you see it popping up every now and then, but what... You do. We have the question, but he definitely helped himself at the combine, in my but opinion. In football, the the best team is whatever team's on the field that day. Yeah. So you just can't put all your cards on this team. It's not going to hit me as hard. Or, or their defense is the second to last in the league. He has to keep that intensity at all the time. Like he yeah. has to eat. Like you, this is the NFL. Like you cannot just be letting up. Yeah. And you paid all this money. You can't yeah. let up. And if you get players, uh, and if you get players like um, Josh Allen, um, Quinn Williams, Antonio Brown, Noah Fant, these players, they'll go and help the Raiders in one way or another. And that's why the Raiders need to draft some of these players, right? Right. And, um. yeah. And um, we encourage F1 to tune into the other shows with. Q&A with your boy Q and Joe Arrigo. Joe Arrigo. And then we also encourage you to listen to Silver and Black Turf with Nick Hamilton and Sky Winter. And we thank you for listening to us on Anaya, on, I mean, with your host. Kaylin and Anaya. And, oh, you forgot one more. The Raiders Roundtable. Oh, yeah, the Raiders Roundtable, which is coming soon. And then we thank you for listening to us. And we thank you for listening. And we hope you tune in to the others as well. We'll be right back to wrap up our show. We'll be right back on Spitting Silver and Black. Welcome back to Spitting Silver and Black on SB Nation. That really sounds crazy, like, good. (laughs) 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 Like, that sounds like an announcer at, like, a graduation or something. (laughs) Go ahead. With your host. Anaya Collins, a.k.a. Anaya on Fire. And Kaylin Sokel. at mini underscore Kyle too, on Twitter. Please follow me, guys. And to wrap up our show, we always like to wrap it up with uh, our greater raider. So I would like to know who's your greater raider, Anaya. My greater raider for this week would have to be the one, the only, Jerry Rice. Oh man, if you don't know who Jerry Rice is. Go ahead and turn your dial up a little louder so you can hear me loud and clear. This man is a football legend. Jerry Rice has played over 200. I said 200. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of us. <laughs> he, he got to say, you, Do you feel the intensity? <laughs> he, should, he should appreciate the buildup. No, but Jerry Rice has played over 20 seasons in the NFL. In uh, 2010, he made his way into the Hall of Fame and that is really people kind of think about the Hall of Fame as something you're just supposed to do no you have to get invited your work has to supersede 
everybody else's. You have to be a become once you become in the Hall of Fame, you're legendary status, yeah. and and your football and your track record, uh, legendary. I mean, as a wide receiver, um, and when he was go back to when he played for um, Mississippi Valley uh, back in the day, and um, when he came into the league, he just kind of set it off, and his career as an Oakland Raider was just. Great, he had what um, seven touchdowns, and uh, that is why uh, Jerry Rice is my greater Raider. And I think that Jerry Rice might have been on Dinkin- Dancing with the Stars. Was he on Dancing with the Stars? I think he, yeah, he was. Yeah, he actually he's, he's was. A Renaissance man. Uh, I mean, six two, two hundred pounds. Uh, he was a great wide receiver, and he played the game very well. And he will always be my greater Raider. Well, why, why don't you go on Dancing with the Stars with him? So listen, I've always had a dream to be a ballroom dancer, and I don't tell everybody that, but I really wanted to be a ballroom dancer. When <laughs> I I, I could see you doing that. So I would do Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> especially with Jerry Rice. Oh yeah, if he's my partner, of course <laughs> he could be my instructor. <laughs> so Caitlin, who is your greater reader for uh, episode five? So I, I don't know if people have caught on yet, but I always try to do my greater reader and tie it in with the birthdays because. You know, that's the only way to really name a greater Raider because what's better than a birthday? What is better? Nothing. So my greater Raider of this Week fifth episode installment of Spittin' Silver and Black is Denver Kirkland. So let me give you a little background. <clears throat> he was one of... The best guards and tackles coming out of high school. 12th best offense tackle in the nation in Florida, according to ESPN. Rivals ranked him the 13th best offense tackle in the nation and 19th best player overall in Florida. He helped guard and help protect the line to make Alex Collins who he is. And by the way, a little shout out to Alex Collins. I hope you get your situation settled out because I believe because... Um, you had a little problem with the Ra- Ravens this past week, and they released you because they they found marijuana in your house. But that's never a good thing. But So mm-hmm. I hope you land now with the team because you're extremely, extremely talented. Extremely talented young man, like Cream uh, uh, Hunt. But Alex Hans, he helped, uh Denver Kirkland, my great reader, helped block – Alex Collins, who rat- rushed for 1,500 yards uh, in season, 1,000 yards uh, in following years. And he, he, helped with, he helped and was part of the offensive line that broke the school's single-season record by only allowing eight sacks. He, um, and he also helped protect quarterback Brad Allen, only giving up 14 sacks among the entire offensive line in 2015. His junior Kirkland moved from right guard to left tackle where he started all 13 games, extending his consecutive starting streak to 34 games over three seasons. And this is a season where he helped Alex Hines rush for 1,500 yards. And he was named to all the SEC 13 by longtime NFL writer analyst Phil Steele. And he entered the NFL draft one year early. He's been bouncing around the league so a, a while. And he went undrafted in the 2016 NFL Draft uh, by the Raiders. But he was picked up by the Raiders as a drafted free agent. He was promoted to the active roster playing in six games. 
He was um, that injured reserve after he was back on the practice squad. Raiders released him. He was signed by the Cardinals to their practice squad, and then the Oakland actually signed him off the Cardinals practice squad. Mm-hmm. And that's where, and he's now on the Raiders roster with his second stint with the team. But because it is his birthday, it was his birthday this past week, I would like to give a huge shout-out to Denver Kirkland. I would, and we would both like to say, Happy Birthday! So, to wrap up our show, um, uh, further, we always like to say something along the lines of, what we talked about today, mm-hmm. and we talked about the we talked about the, the, end, the, end about the end, something known as the end zone. So we talked about the NFL draft today with Josh Allen. We also talked about a player like Antonio Brown with the Raiders having big interest in him. We also talked about a few other players. Raiders having big interest in Kyler Murray, such as Raiders having big, a big Heisman interest, winner, uh, like and I said, and uh, we also have. Um, you know, and we also talked about certain other players like Quinn and Williams, uh, among several other players, because, uh, prominent players, because in the draft, because the Raiders might be selecting them, and, um, the Ra- one of the players like Noah Fant and stuff, um... As well as players like Byron Murphy, um, Brian Burns, um, Rashawn, I mean, Byron Murphy, Josh Allen, and like Paris Campbell, among others. We talked about them and what they would bring to the team. And so, Anaya, I'd like to ask you, mm-hmm. what do we... What were your overall impressions of the players who we talked about today? Overall, Kyler, we're going to go ahead and debunk, like we did earlier, debunk the rumors of John Gruden, even considering to have him on our team because I just think Antonio, Derek Carr, that's a good combination right there, and we don't want to even – Derek isn't going anywhere, so that's what I feel about him. I feel like Josh Allen – he has that that mental capacity of a higher level because he was he's a senior, so he actually got time to develop as a player and a man and go to school and get his degree, and he'll definitely help us out with that pass rush. So I go I think that we should go ahead and draft him. Um, I think we should resign Jared Cook. I think we should uh, resign um, Martavius Bryant. Um, I think it would be great to get, if we get beast mode again, uh, if he just goes ahead and just heals completely from that groin injury this whole off season, just, just stay off of it and uh, just uh, do regular workouts. Um, also with uh, Case Keenum, I just think that um, just getting him out of there will be good for the Redskins. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Broncos already buried themselves, so I think this was only a matter of time. It was just about where he yeah. knew he was uh, leaving. And, and helps with the Raiders because, in my opinion, and, I mean, I don't know in your opinion, but 
Joe Flacco is, I believe, in downgrade from Case Keenum. Yeah, and so that's one less uh, team we got to worry about. But like I said, we did have a really good game against uh, the Broncos last yeah, season. Yeah, and so, so it might lead to another win this year. But yeah, and then if, if Alex Smith gets healthy, then maybe he'll just – do you think that is going to be either Alex Smith or Joe Flacco? Like, which one do you think is going to be first or second? Obviously, uh, uh, Joe Alex... Flacco, you mean Case Keenum. Excuse me, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I think it would be Colt McCoy, but if Case no, Keenum... No, but, um, but the Broncos traded... Um... Oh, who do I think? Because Colt McCoy is, going, is with the Redskins. And the Colt McCoy and Case Keenum are with the Redskins. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. So I think Case, I think Case is going to be backup, and I think uh, Colt McCoy is going to be the star to start out. But if uh, Colt struggles, Jay Gruden will have the instinct to start Case Keenum because you know he's always been the hot seat as of late, and I think you know he'll have the good instinct of starting Colt McCoy, giving him a shot to start because he's been around there for a while, and he had a couple good seasons. He had he was. He actually came in to start a couple games a season ago as well because uh, I believe at that time Kirk Cousins was the quarterback and he um, he really um, he showed what he had in his stats. You can see according to ESPN um, he was pretty he was. Really good, because if you actually look at his stats, you can tell three touchdowns, three interceptions this past year, 372 yards, and a couple seasons ago, um, he was 90, a few seasons back in 2014, 91 of 128, 71.1% completion, 1,057 yards, 14 East, three interceptions, all this is on from ESPN, 70 sacks, four fumbles, 96.4 rating. Um, I think that I think he I think he still has that in him, and it's just mad pulling that out. It's it's last year he had a little injury, a little setback, but you know as I always like to say, it's a small setback in a much Major greater comeback. comeback mm-hmm. With your host, Anaya Fire, and Kalen Sokel. The Raiders are coming to Las Vegas. You are listening to Spitting Silver and Black on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation.